Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Please be seated. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that by grace that we may approach you, you indeed the living and awesome God, and yet you are approachable. You are so approachable. And for that we thank you this morning for your son Jesus and the presence and power and the person of the Holy Spirit here today. We do open our hearts, the fact that we're here is that we're opening our hearts to you, Father. And as we do, we pray that we're in a position to know you and get closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to see you, and it's good to welcome you to Oasis Christian Centre this morning. It's amazing. To, as as um, the, our youth were going out, I've never seen so many. It's amazing, isn't it, Andrew? And they kept going and going out the door and out the door. And I thought, everyone's leaving the building. I thought, what are we going to do? It's incredible, isn't it? There's so many, you know, know, young people. And, you know, that's the church of not tomorrow, but the church of today, isn't it? It's the church of today, which is exciting. And we're really excited about that. Uh, So I want to take a few moments this morning and... um, want to just take up a theme of positioning our hearts for God's presence. And it's something that I shared at a life group leaders meeting at the beginning of the year. So I make no apology of sort of sharing it again. Just taking a few moments for the wider group of us as a church. And as Andrew had said, Pastor Andrew, we, we, felt, we sort of felt last year... And we didn't, we didn't look upon this in a negative way and looking at individuals or being judgmental, but we felt last year generally was a sense of a drift, of, 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 like a spiritual drift, and I've spoken about that at the beginning of the year. But this year, we feel very much it's a year of flow, getting into the flow of what God wants for us as a church in our community, but also for you and I individually to be in, in the flow of what God wants in your life and your home and your family. And um, so we need to do some things to make sure that we're ready to be in the flow of God. Otherwise, we'll drift along. And that's the danger, isn't it? So, um, so yeah. Uh, and so it's, I just want to take a few moments about looking at doing something about being prepared to be in the flow of God and the positioning of our hearts just, just for a few moments. And then we'll come and pray together. And, um, you know, Father, God reveals himself as a heavenly father, almighty God, the creator of the universe. And in that revelation, Jesus taught a prayer, said, you know, pray for our father in heaven. So Jesus was revolutionary in the fact that he brought to the world uh, a vision of uh, an experience of God as a mighty, not just the creator and the sovereign of the universe, which is absolutely true, but as a, a father, a heavenly father that we could draw close to. And that's quite miraculous and amazing in itself. And Father God enjoys a relationship 
with you and I. God wants a relationship with human beings. We are his creation. We're part of his all-told all creation, but we're made in the image of God. Male and female, he made them in the image of God. And so God enjoys and wants a relationship. There's something particularly special about human beings. We're made in the image of God. And so he wants a relationship with us and you and I. He loves this universe. He created it. He wants to enjoy it, but he particularly enjoys your company and my company. Isn't that amazing? That God who doesn't need anything, because he's God and he's self-sufficient, all-sufficient, enjoys my, your, com- your company and my company. Sometimes I don't even enjoy my own company. So, you know, and others might not enjoy my company. But God enjoys your company. Now, the Bible is, is Old and New Testament. The whole Bible is, is written to show that God enjoys the company of you and I and wants to have a relationship. And that relationship needs to be restored. And that's what the... The, the Old and New Testament is all about. It's, it's pretty incredible as you begin to read and begin to open up your heart to him. And uh, so God wants our, but in that relationship, he wants our attention. But to have a relationship, there needs to be attention. We have to give each other a sense of attention. The person that you love, the loved one, your husband, your wife, you know, for children, family, you know, uh, you, you give attention. You, we, we give each other a sense of attention, don't we? And that, that's what relationship thrives on. And so God wants our attention because he loves us and wants a relationship with you and I. And um, there are so many things. Now, this is what I want to say is this, and I've said this many a time, but there are so many things that um, looked to, um, they attract us. They clamor for our attention. There's a lot of things today that will attract us in different ways and pull you, and grab your heart, and take up your heart, and fill your life, and fill your mind, and fill your time. And, it's not, and, there's, and then very often, many of those things will be legitimate things, can I say, and probably even some really good things. So we're not knocking the things of life, but we've got to be aware that in the midst of life, in all the beauty of life, and the many things that we can do, and you can do, and I can do in life, and the beautiful things that may take up our time, they, they, they clamour for your attention. They attract us and clamour for our attention. Remember, God wants a relationship, and so there's a sense of the need of attention. But in the midst of that, there's this dilemma that we all have because there's so much that attracts us and clamours for your and my heart and attention. We're sort of aware of that because we talk a lot about that because I'm aware of it, you're aware of it. And, uh, but this year, it's something that we're bringing to our attention. If we want to be in the flow of what God has for us as a church, we want to see something in our nation and something in your heart and your own life. And so you can be here, but your heart could be a million miles away because your attention is on your dinner that's on a slow roast if you don't get back very soon and I shut up soon it's going to be burnt so it's on your you know, you, but you know what I mean don't you and uh, I've used that joke so many times it, it always gets a laugh it's a, it's a, it's a no brain it's a good one because uh, it's, it's on everyone's mind as soon as I mention dinner your tummy starts rumbling doesn't it <laughs> and uh, but um, you know but uh, so we can I can be here and, uh, but my heart could be a million miles away. It's attention. 
And this is it. It's about the heart, your heart, my heart, and the heart of God. And God wants our hearts and loves you and wants to be with you and wants to be with me. So, uh, important verse that we have uh, uh, looked at in the beginning of the year. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've introduced this already and I spoke about spiritual drift and I'm not going to be speaking about spiritual drift per se this morning. I'm going to speak about the position of my heart and how I position my heart so I can give God attention. But uh, this is a verse that, that's really come to me at the beginning of this year, and it's, and it's in um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, and you'll see it on the screen there, it's from the, quoting from the NIV, it says, we must, we must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. We must pay the most, this is the bit that jumps out the page, you and I must pay the most careful attention attention. Isn't that? It's interesting. The, Paul, the writer there, says, this is imperative. This is important. If you're not going to drift, if, you, if, if you're gonna, your heart is going to be in the place that is, that's, that's right with God, you've got to pay careful attention. You and I, and it's not, not me telling you what you've got to do. It's, it's in the New Testament. It's something that Paul, the Apostle Paul, felt so powerful and so important. He shared this with the early believers that we have to give careful attention to what we've heard, but also I would suggest you give careful attention to your heart and our heart and our heart in relationship to God. And um, because uh, distraction, as we've said, there are many things that are looking to attract, to clamour for our attention, attract us, and the, the distractions of this life can cause us to drift. And he says it there. He says, so that you do not drift away. And it's so easy as a Christian, as a believer, to find, I go on automatic pilot, I've done this before, I'm sitting in the same seat, I'm singing these songs, and they can sound the same. And and if you don't watch it, and if I don't watch it, over a length of time, I'm drifting, I drift along, I can drift away. My heart isn't in the same, the right place in the heart, the centre heart of God. Marriages can drift, relationships drift, and when they drift, there comes disarray. And uh, drift is deadly for relationship. It's, you know, it's in, a, in a, any relationship, in any marriage, in any home, in our relationship with one another, with our children, with each other. If we drift, it's deadly for relationship. And so too with your Christian walk and my Christian walk, my relationship with God. Your relationship and my relationship with Father God. If I don't give good and careful attention to my heart and where it is with God then my relationship, I'll drift. And it's not good. You won't have that, that heart relationship that God so desires because God wants to be with you. And God wants you to enjoy him and me to enjoy him and you to enjoy him and he to enjoy me. And the word enjoy is absolutely right. The Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of mankind is to worship God and enjoy him forever. One of the catechisms of the Westminster Confession. Worship of God. It's to enjoy him forever. It's not that you come out of church thinking, well, we endured that one. But it did us good. Oh, it did me good. I had to endure that. To enjoy. And God enjoys your company. And we're to enjoy his company. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? It was good for the soul. It's good for the spirit. It's good for the body. Good for the mind. Our eternal security, but also our today's security. Isn't that amazing to enjoy? And but it's all where, all about where the heart is. 
And so, moving on, you know, God gets the attention of a man called Moses when he was wandering in a desert experience and looking after sheep, and he'd been there for many years. He sees a bush that's burning. It's in the Old Testament. And when this bush is burning, that's nothing new, because in the, in the east and in the desert, bushes and things catch light because it's so dry, and they can burn. But this bush burnt, but it didn't burn up, and that was what was different. <laughs> and so Moses got... God got Moses' attention. He went over to the bush. And when God got his attention through this quite miraculous event, it's then he spoke to him and Moses heard. You see, attention is so important. This is why Paul says, give careful attention to what you've heard, but give careful attention to our hearts. Because it's at that place that we give attention, draw aside, that we'll hear God. And you'll hear God. You'll know God for your heart and life. It's so important. You know, a couple of things then, and with this we'll close. So setting the scene of the need for attention, to be careful for attention, how Moses got, God got Moses' attention, and when he got his attention, he spoke and Moses heard, and that's how we'll know and hear God, and God will hear us. A um, couple of things that we can do to position your heart then. And this is a couple of things, and this is one of them. And... Uh, it's, uh, it, it's in um, James chapter 4, verse 8. Again, we've spoke about it a lot here as a church. In uh, James 4, verse 8, we read these words. Uh, the writer says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God. This is beautiful. This is a promise. Draw near to God. This is, and if, even if you don't believe in God this morning, or you're not sure about God, if you draw near to him, I don't know whoever you are, then God will draw near to you. This is a promise. And for you and I, maybe if you do believe and you do love Jesus, if you, will, you find yourself drifting a bit and you know your heart isn't quite in the right place, if you will come back and draw near, then God will draw near. To, isn't that amazing? Yeah. To you and I. This is how renewal comes. The restoring of our faith. The renewing of our faith. And um, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, we need to make a place, make a space in our hearts and our lives. Make, make a place for God. Give God place. Give God space. There's so much vying for your attention that you're saying that you've got to give me space and place to do this, to do that, go here. But God is, if, to, if we're to draw near to God, we've got to make space for God and make a place for God in our hearts and lives. Now, I speak, lots of people say to me, oh, that's, you know, I've got, I haven't got much time. Life is pacey. It's amazing what we can find time for, isn't it? I tell you what, they do, I don't go to these, by the way, so well, I'm about to say something. But they made, they're great car boot sales on West Park. And on a Sunday morning, at certain times of the year on West Park, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, the car park will be filling up on West Park for the car boot sale. Why? I don't know. Car boot sales do not appeal to me. It's what people want to make place for and space for, isn't it? Filling up. It's incredible. And uh, this is what um, uh, the writer is saying, um, in James is saying, is make a space, make a place. So I know it's, life is busy and it's paced and there's lots going on. Absolutely right. But, you know, repetitive moments, moments that are repeated build momentum. And I've talked a lot about this. Even a moment, five minutes. So I, I, I haven't got much time. I've got, I, I need hours. You need hours. I'm not, even if you gave five minutes, repeated space. Repeated moments build momentum. 
A moment repeated, you come back again. A moment that you come back, you pray. You read something from the Word of God, the Bible, the New Testament, and you, you, you say, God, my heart is open to you. Even if it was five minutes, we could probably give a lot more than five minutes, but I'm, I'm, I'm setting the bar a bit lower, lower. It's achievable for us all. But even if it was, but you repeat it, you come and again, and, and you come. I find this in my own heart and life, that repeated moments build a momentum. They change the heart. If we say, oh, I can never do it, well, exactly, you'll never will. You probably won't have much attention. And I don't know where your relationship will be. I don't know. But if, if we can, even if it was five minutes, and you'll probably find if you begin to do, you begin to say, I'm going to make space and a place, and I'm just going to take a moment to give attention. Because there's a lot going on, and I get that. It is that sort of life today. I do understand that. But you come again, and that's how we can draw near to God. And the beautiful thing is this. Repeated moments, God will draw near to you. You'll start to hear his voice for your marriage, your home, your family, your work, that thing that you need to do in the future, the decision you have to make. We'll begin to know when the Spirit of God is beginning to move amongst us, you'll hear God. Repeated moments. And, you know, it's as simple as that. And so it's interesting there. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Can you draw near to God so that he will draw near to you? Will you and I take a moment, however long that is for you, I can't dictate that, but you know what will work for you. Can you take a moment and then repeat that moment and come again and again and build a sense of spiritual momentum in your heart, begin to position your heart? When you begin to do that, you find you begin to hear God. You begin to know God. You begin to be aware of his love in an increasing measure. As we read, as we pray, as we listen. And in five minutes, you'll find that will build a sense of momentum. Um, and, but, but how? Why? Well, why? well look, this means, second and final thing that I want to say is this. It's... You know, our relationship is spiritual and supernatural. And uh, we are born again. And born of the Spirit. And why the heart begins to, our hearts begin to change. Look at this. It's in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. God says, uh, he speaks of a time when I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and will give you a heart of flesh. I haven't got time to unpack this amazing verse completely but as we begin to give our hearts to God now I know this verse is speaking of the New Testament era when when God spoke to Ezekiel in the Old Testament he was speaking of a time not of the law written on stone but on the law being written on our hearts and our hearts would be turned to hearts that were hard against God would be turned to, to flesh to be open to God and in the New Testament when Jesus died and rose again. He's speaking of the New Testament era, which we're now living in, this verse. But this verse goes wider than that, I believe. I believe every time we open our heart to God, God does this. He softens our hearts supernaturally by the power of his spirit. We're open to the Holy Spirit. This is why I believe that moments build momentum. It's not the repetition, the repeating and coming back, but the openness of heart and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Honestly, 
Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. It's incredible. Because God promises, I will give you a new heart and put my new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You know when you say, oh, I've heard that song, church ain't doing nothing, but oh, don't really feel God. Well, come back again. Maybe there's a need of renewal or something in our heart and life. As you come again, you'll find your heart will be strangely warmed. Your heart will be where, there's, uh, where, where, it's, where it's, the ground has been stony, your heart begins to become open by the Holy Spirit. It's renewal. It's called a renewal. People like to talk about revival or an awakening. It's a renewing of the heart, an opening, an awakening of the heart. And this is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we read his word... The word is living and active, the word, the Old and New Testament, but it's the Holy Spirit that comes and revives and stirs the heart supernaturally. And, and we speak about being Christians. We are, I, I was converted in the early 80s, and if you said, you know, are you a Christian? I would say, yes, I'm born again. I don't hear that quite as much today, but in the early days, when I, I'm born, born of the Spirit. It means to be born again is born of the Spirit, born of above, supernaturally birthed. And we're, you know, Christians, we're supernaturally birthed, but it's the Holy Spirit that we rely on in that supernatural relationship. And so it's, he says there, and now the danger is this, and I have spoken about this a lot, so I don't ask for your forgiveness to repeat it again because I think this is the big deal. The danger is we, as even as Christians, can become consumers rather than being consumed. I could be a consumer of Christian things and the things about the Holy Spirit and understanding and songs and, and videos and, and, and information and, and, I can, and, and, give me, and, and listen and hear and, and observe and see rather than God come and consume me. He says in this verse, and I base that statement on this verse, I will give you a new spirit and put a new, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God wants to so totally fill our hearts. And he does that supernaturally through the forgiveness and grace of his son. And also as we draw, that renewal comes as we draw aside and give him place and space and open our hearts. We're going to sing a song together as we close. It's a bit of a blast from the past, but it's a, it's a good one. It's by Michael W. Smith, Draw Me Close to You. I'm not going to sing it to you because we're going to sing it together, but I'll read you the lyrics. Go on. I could sing it to you, actually, but I'm not going to. Draw me close to you, never let me go. Listen to this. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. It's a great song, this. You are my desire, listen to the words, because we sing them and we forget the words, and no one else will do, because nothing else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Then listen to the words of help, because we find this a challenge. Help me find a way, bring me back to you. We draw near, he draws near to us. You are all I want, you're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know that you are near. Let's give him space. Let's position our hearts this morning. Shall we position our hearts for his presence? Shall we position our lives to get in the flow of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has for us as a church and has for you as an individual, and, uh, and, and get ourselves ready 
And we're going to speak a bit more about this in the weeks ahead, about positioning and being ready and flowing in the Spirit and opening to the flow of the Spirit. But should we stand together as we sing this song and we open our hearts and I just want to pray. Please, 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 position, maybe reposition your heart this morning. I don't know where you stand. But all I can say is please give your heart to God. If we're going to give our heart to anyone or anything, give your heart to God. Heavenly Father, see our lives as we open our hearts to you this morning. Maybe I'm standing here and I've got questions. Some of us are not sure even of the existence of God, but no, maybe there's something. We're not sure about Jesus, but we're here today and we're opening our hearts. Some of us, we know as Christians that we've drifted a bit. Not that we're backslid or slid away, but our hearts aren't in the same place that they were when we first knew you, when our hearts burned, when our commitment was pure. Forgive us, Father God, for those things that have captivated our hearts, taken up our hearts, captured our hearts, taken us away from you, taken our attention. We thank you, Lord, that when we come to you and confess, you forgive. If we confess our sins, you are righteous and you will forgive us our sins. How good are you, O oh Father God, as we say, forgive us for our lack of attention and coming before you. So this morning, O oh Lord, we say, take my heart. This is my heart. I'm opening my heart. Help me as I seek to come back to you. Help me, Holy Spirit, to build that sense of spiritual momentum as I open my life to your spirit, we pray. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in me and in us we pray Amen